Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurelia, the mindful investor, Darcy, uh, darcywhite.ca and Glenn, glennsutherland.com. Uh, Glenn has a coaching program and uh, Darcy provides a coaching blog. Coaching calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so today we will be discussing inspections so it's part of the due diligence process it's very important uh don't rely solely on us uh consult with a lawyer and an accountant <laughs> as usual <Yes. laughs> you don't take on any responsibility and um so do your own due diligence. We can share with you our best practices. Hopefully, they can be helpful to you as well. Darcy, why don't you get us going? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a topic we want to hear your insights on. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I broke this down into two kind of things. Um, so this is the way I think about it. I think about what I need for ourselves. And by the ourselves, I need for our people. What do we have to fix? So when we buy a purchase a property, you enter into a, a real estate agreement, and usually in it, is some sort of uh, fixed term or adjustable term for you to get your due diligence done. And your due diligence is the diligence that is due to a purchase of this magnitude that is responsible. And um, so the other play, the, all the players, and you gotta know who the players are, um, an honest um, seller will disclose material defects. They're actually legally obliged to in the law, but it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game. And if you want to prove that they knew something about material defects, you'd have to go to court. And the minimum threshold for that is not um, a filing for a hundred bucks in small claims court, it's provincial court, and it's you know going to be about $50,000. So it's worth it to have a some kind of relationship and articulate what you need for due diligence. Um, the inspections that would include that, so we break it into what is required by others in the law. And that's what's required by ourselves to make sure that we have purchased something that is good and it's adequate. So the law will require on the transaction of a property that there be no pending work orders, no pending fire orders from the fire chief. So there's a host of, they'll require that there's no um, uh, impingements and easements that are unacknowledged, that there's no structures or sheds that are on the property that uh, could delay the transaction of the, of the property and its title transfer and its registration or to the new owners. Those are legal Darcy, for that. How yeah. do you know that that's done? Do you go in, do you spread a document to say that this is yeah. the way it is and yep. you sign it? Or is it, do you have to, you call the fire department, you call the no. I hire a pro. This is, these are pretty standard and any real estate lawyer in that jurisdiction We'll have a pretty standard suite of things that are required to be transacted or to be checked before you can even transfer the property. You can't, the city won't allow you to transfer a property, even if you traded all the money and took on a bank account, if there's outstanding work orders and fire orders against that property. So they need to be cleared beforehand. The seller's counsel will tell them that to say, listen, you can't transact this if there's a standing work order against your boiler, or you haven't had a backflow valve checked in the last year in Saskatoon, or your fire your fire alarms don't work and they haven't been checked in a year. So those are a fairly standard suite of practices and any good, good lawyer will have that list. You need to be aware that that list exists and you need to be aware of what's on it and that they're doing their job. So don't find a lawyer that works out of a table at Tim Hortons. Uh, find a guy who's got a, or a woman that has an office and does real estate law. It's important that your team, when you do your due diligence, what you check, that your team is adequate, that your accountant's good, that your banker's good, and your lawyer's good. But tax searches, 
have the taxes been paid? The, the city won't transfer title unless the taxes were paid in prior years. So if you took this on and this wasn't checked, you'd be responsible for last year's taxes. That's you want to make sure that's not going to happen because, for instance, a forty-unit apartment in uh, in North Edmonton is probably about a thousand dollars a suite. That's a forty thousand dollars tax bill. You want to make sure they paid it and that it's current up until the day of transfer, and that the lawyers make adjustments. This will be title searches, personal property registry, bankruptcy, any bankruptcy claims against that property, whether it's held personally or in a corporation or through a limited partnership. Uh, this would be litigation search. You'd be looking for historical environmental. Um, charges against it that are known or unknown. The seller might not even know, but it might be in the path of other things that uh, um, uh, any urban situation, any urban buildup in Canada started around a gas station. In Europe, it's different. It probably started around an ox stall, but in Canada, it started around a gas station. There is going to be an environmental audit that's required on any commercial property, unless somehow you luck out and you're buying in the middle of a farmer's field or in the middle of the forest. But that's not the case in an urban setting. Um, uh, any other zoning confirmations that you're going to have to know that the neighbor's shed and fence is in the right spot, uh, city search of records, fire services. These are all undertaken by your lawyer, probably 60 days before closing, which you need time built in to get this done because lawyers don't take this on until it gets closer to purchasing. However, there's the stuff that you need to take on for yourself to confirm this. This is a good project. Now, do you need an engineering report? If you're buying a 10 story concrete tower? Yes. You're going to engage a structural engineer because you know what? I got an arts degree. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad that my business requires grade six math. I, I don't have a structural engineering degree and I'm going to, if I'm going to buy a 10 story concrete tower, I'm going to get an engineer, get a structural assessment of that building. That's going to cost you $10,000. That's what it's going to cost. You're going to get a phase one environmental audit. The lawyer's going to do a historical land use thing and they're going to look at the water tables and they're going to make sure that there's no outstanding environmental assessment against you. But a phase one audit at minimum is $3,000 in Canada and every single bank requires it. So that's, that's going to cost there. So if you're just starting adding up 3,000, if you're going to get bank financing, you're going to need an appraisal and it's going to confirm value. You're going to want that because you're going to need to enter something in your books for your accountant. You're going to have to confirm the value to your partners that you didn't purchase badly. And if you're taking financing, you're going to have to confirm the value to the bank. They're going to require that. That's another three grand. We're at six. You're going to, you're going to be crazy if you don't walk through and get an electrician to look at that panel and look at the fire systems. You're going to get a plumber and a mechanical engineering guy or a mechanic uh, that does heating and ventilation to look at the boiler, determine the age of it. If it's more than 25 years old in Canada, your insurer is probably going to tell you you're going to have to have it replaced. They might give you a year or they might give you nothing. They might say, yeah, we don't want any part of that, but they're going to require that. You're also going to talk with your insurer and this, this used to be nothing. It used to be you just confirm, hey, this is the address, and you're sure go, yeah, yeah, I got that. Four years ago, you could just name an address and they'd be fine. Now, uh, insurance companies are far more picky. You're going to want to ensure that you do not have aluminum wiring. If you're looking at a building with aluminum wiring, you're going to talk to your insurer long before you even make an offer and say, is this possible? And they're going to say, yeah, I wouldn't even recommend it. It's going to be really, really hard. You're going to want to make sure you don't have a building with poly B because they're going to ask you to take it all out or ask for what your plan is to replace all your poly B, which for listeners are not familiar with it. This is a product that was brought out of plastic tubing for plumbing in the late eighties. It was banned by the end of the mid nineties because it just, it, uh, the heat would make it corro uh, corrosive and hard and brittle and it would break. 
leaks all over buildings. Piles of buildings have had their whole plumbing ripped out because they use poly B. It's uninsurable. You're going to have to rip it out. So you're going to pay 100% for that building plus the cost of replacing it. It's a dead stop. So that's one of the inspections you do before you even make an offer. Aluminum wiring, poly B, we're out. Um, the other inspections you do, you do a roofing inspection, flat roof or shingled roof. You're going to get a roofer up there and take a good look at it. Now, what do you do if you're in Edmonton in January and there's three and a half feet of snow sitting on top of it, or you're in the snow belt in Southern Ontario, be somewhere between London and Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo, and you got three and a half feet of snow on it daily. How do you tell if there's a good roof? You're going to look at Google photos. You're going to ask for any sort of uh, due diligence from the seller if they'll give it to you. But you know, it's amazing. They know exactly what their building's worth, but they never can sort of find that copy of the of the uh, receipt for the roof that's only five years old with a warranty from ICO in Calgary that says it's warranted for 25 years. They never can find that. I have never found a building where the owner's been able to find these warranties. They've never found the warranty on the boiler that could determine the age of it. You have to go look at the serial number and figure out what uh, hot point, what their numbering system is. Um, but those things you're going to have to do, those are going to satisfy you and your investors, but you're going to have to also satisfy the insurance company with the electricity and the fire and the age of the boiler and the age of the roof and whether there's maintenance been done on the exterior. And if it's brick, has there been pointing been done on it? What upgrades? So you're making the insurance company satisfied, the banker satisfied, your investor satisfied, the municipality satisfied, the legal requirements of all these inspections and the 90 days or plus that you're through uh, working through the due diligence of this is filled with inspections and you have to request access to the building. Some of them can be done remotely with online registries, but in Canada, it's access to the building and you're going to have to have contractors lay their eyes on it and get your reports. Um, those are the suite of inspections that we do. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's more there. The insurance ones become more and more tricky. Um, what's the claims history on that property? Um, I know Glenn could get into some of the other ones, like uh, police reports that we cannot get in Canada. If you're an American investor, there's reports that are beyond the reach of us Canadians. But those are those are my big ones. I think I've covered all, almost all of them. Yeah, you just you covered my whole list. <laughs> Did I? Oh, I'm so sorry. The I only the list thing I have on here, just going through I, our checklist. I had about 12 points. The only thing I had that you didn't cover was water. Um, oh, good. So. Uh, the one thing that they, uh, you know, when you're your lawyer or your attorney or your title company, one thing they often don't check when they're doing all the due diligence for you is the water bill. They don't check what's, uh, what's owed on the water. Sometimes they'll check other bills, but for some reason they just skip the water one. Right. And they get me every once in a while, right. With the, you know, some leftover water from the other place. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, besides that, I'm, I'm interested in the same stuff. I want to check all the mechanicals. I want to check everything. I want to, and I also want to get a quote. I usually run a contractor through to see what, uh, depending on what I'm trying to do. Like if I, I want this to be like this, then what it's going to cost. Like what, if I'm going to do mm -hmm. a flip renovation or uh, a rent ready renovation, what, what, what am I in for? What's is my numbers for this project accurate? But besides yeah. that, I'm checking the same sort of mechanicals, exact same thing. Yeah, it reminds me, I'm also looking at Google Maps. Now they've got Google Maps over time from 2012 to current. You can get a picture of that building in maybe five or six different times, different seasons. You can see things that were moved. Now things that don't make sense, like why is there a mound running down this portion of the property? Well, it used to be fence there. 
or other things and you can go, wait, what, what did they do there? And how old was that? And when did they do these different things? It answers a lot of questions. Just doing a simple Google and moving through time, looking at it is a good idea. And you can take a peek at if the building is settled, you're looking for cracking uh, movement and settling. Usually at firewalls, there will be cracking because all these old wood frame buildings will move a bit. That's not terrible, but some parts of Edmonton are on clay that is drying out historically over the last 30 or 40 years. And because the ground is drying, there's substantial subsidence. The building is dropping and you can see more settling that would be natural. Like a building, a wooden building is actually kind of flexible. It'll move quite a bit. And the concrete actually is a little bit flexible. It's not terrible as the ground moves, but you are looking for seeing if there's deflection, if things don't line up, if doors don't close properly. I'm looking for that as well. Um, I thought of the big one that we missed mm -hmm. that we both do. And we've talked about it on the show already. Talk to, to the tenants that already live there. Yes. Part of your due diligence. <laughs> Talk to the tenants because they will tell you more than the owner will. They'll tell you everything they hate about this unit or property. <laughs> That's the Cecilia Van Horn rule. She's my <laughs> tenant in Ontario. I, I think I told this. I was sitting parked outside the building at 10 o'clock at night, which is kind of creepy in a rental car with the engine running. But this is the um, eight months before I bought the building. And uh, she just said, this building's terrible. You should never buy it. It's garbage. And she ran down, told me everything wrong with it. And I bought it eight months later. Anyhow, I go it on. It gives you, uh, you know, for to talk about like with even what we were talking about last week with the seller financing, it, just having all this knowledge is a negotiation point because you know mm -hmm. what's wrong and you know what they've misled you on. <laughs> yeah, I have a few remarks myself, but most of them were covered already. Uh, when you look at residential, you know, in our current market, sometimes, you know, uh, purchasers need to make offers with no conditions. So they, they, they have to waive everything and just uh, pray that what they're buying is actually uh, what they're buying. Um, one of the early advice I got was look with the, look at the basement first and make sure it's uh, uh, there are no water infiltrations because water is really your enemy with buildings and construction. Uh, no cinder blocks, rather uh, cement port concrete uh, make sure there are no water leaks like was said the roof uh, uh, using a drone won't cut it you know a roofer needs to walk the roof uh, once again you know water is the enemy and will do a, a lot of damage to a, a property uh, there is a and it's the opportunity if you do a proper work job you know with your your due diligence because we went a little bit above inspection we talked a little, a little bit a little also about the diligence uh, you can get some money shaved off from the, the purchase price if there is a need of repair. Uh, I also use Google Maps to look at the area uh, for commercial. You know, you look at what are the businesses in the area. Uh, Craigsy can help you figure out the traffic count uh, if you're looking at retail and you're on a major major road. Uh, ask for PL and make sure that tenants are up to date with their payments. Uh, sometimes ask for bank statements to, to see you know that the payments were actually made. And uh, also in commercial it's more uh, you, you ask for it almost every time you get estoppels to see uh, to make sure that there are no side agreements uh, or that they be uh, transparent about those uh, when you when you uh, between tenants and uh, and sellers so that you are aware of them when, when buying. As you were talking, it made me think of more. So the other thing too, is if when you were, I don't know if this is even the same thing, because it's not really the, it is due diligence, but it's not the same way as we're talking about like the physical one. 
But uh, I want to either pull comps, check price per unit and compare it to what was going on in the neighborhood, uh, price for square foot, you know, what, what other places are selling for, right? As part of, just to make sure I'm not buying this thing wrong, you know, maybe what the, you know, what I'm buying at for a cap rate, what the neighbors have bought for at a cap rate, you know, just, you know, hard numbers, but I think that's not really what we're talking about. I think that could be almost a whole different episode about how we're actually checking the, the due diligence of these things. Yeah, I'd, I'd also inspect other contracts, your garbage contracts, whether with the city or with a private contractor. I want to know what that is. Um, Coinomatic supplies a lot of uh, laundry machines and other companies like Stockley. There's others in that category. Um, you want to inspect that? Is this stuff working? Uh, how many, you know, how many times we've been stiffed with fridges and stoves that don't work in vacant spaces or even in tenanted spaces where the tenants haven't told you because you don't have access to their reports. So we inspect every suite. We say a sampling of suites, and then they usually show their five best ones or their three best ones when you try to purchase it. Then you reach an agreement, but then you want a substantial inspection of the property and you want to see every suite. And we take photographs of every single suite and door. You start to click the first pictures of the door and turn left, kitchen, dining room, living room, bedroom, bedroom, bathroom, closet, storage space, and out next one starts with the door. And we keep those pictures because we're going to make our costings off of those and get some idea of the property. Um, but we, we check all of those things. Um, I'm particularly looking now, especially with buildings of our age that are 50 or 60 years old, the windows that were put in there, if they haven't been replaced, they could have been replaced with just insets. So what they do is they take the old frame, leave it, which is probably rotten and stick a brand new vinyl window into it. So it's slightly smaller. Um, and then they could just cock like crazy, lay caulking into that or a better job is they rip that old out, reframe it, stick a new window, which is the right size into the new framing and then caulk and insulate that. But there's a wide variety of work that can be done on new windows or if they're old windows, you know that people over time have left those windows open. They made mistakes, they went away and there's a storm and under windows are generally rotten areas. And how rotten are the bathrooms? What's the soundness of the tiles or the tub surround? Is the tub surround just played over four inch square ceramic tiles in the bathroom and just glued down? Many places, they haven't repaired it. They haven't taken that all, cut it all out, cleaned it up, replaced the diverter, put in new aqua board, sealed it up, and put a proper tile tub surround or a vinyl tub surround in there. We inspect the crap out of bathrooms. Is that a phrase? Inspect crap? I don't know. But we're looking for wet. We're looking for evidence of pests, intrusions, um, gaps, leaks, anything that squeaks that could catch fire, that leaks. We're looking for all of that. And the only way to do that is honest, in-person, physical inspection with at least two people. Someone taking notes and photos, someone just digging under with a flashlight and a probe, uh, all a pointy screwdriver and just seeing how punky that drywall is, how wet, what's stained. Um, everybody says all those stains are old. They're not. Uh, they're indication of prior damage that's been poorly maintained and fixed. So it all is relevant. It all matters. And there's no excuse. There's no replacement for just hard on the ground physical inspection of every inch of the property. If it's a big daunting job, it's a big purchase. And the bigger the property is, the more you need to inspect. There's that many more things that can go wrong. And every one of them are costly. I know that sounds kind of scary, but it's just work. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's just work. What's the problem with that? Just work. Yeah. Very well. Thank you everybody for tuning in. These are a few insights on uh, how to perform inspections and what to look for when uh, doing uh, your due diligence. The inspection part of the due diligence um, don't forget to check in with a lawyer and accountant 
uh, we are just talking from experience, not giving advice. And um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. So this is Aurelien, themindfulinvestor.net, Glenn at glennsutherland.com, and Darcy at darcywhite.ca. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody.